Hi. Hello. I am Marissa, a teen librarian. I am Mary. I am now a full-fledged teen librarian. No more Schrodinger's cat librarian for me. Yay! And we are here to talk about books. What kind of books? Young adult, middle grade, graphic novels, audiobooks, LGBTQ+, and more. Come jam with us. On the book jam. All right, so I am super hype. I'm really glad that you decided to go along with my idea today, so thank you. Yay! I know I I um need to be focused in picking books. So I'm like, Mary, you pick first, and then I can pick something. Yeah. <laughs> so I've yes. gotten better with it, I think. Usually yeah, I would just kind of panic and be like, what did I read? Goodreads tell me. It's the season. It's spring, nice weather's happening, and you had the idea that well, in normal times, this would be the start of con season, right? Yeah. So I usually go to a big gaming con in Boston every year where I volunteer called PAX East and it's super fun and I love it and uh yeah so like that always kicks off con season for me and then we have like a bunch of cons go on across the world I'll just be talking about the U.S. Emerald City Con in Seattle that's really fun I have a lot of friends that go to that it's great it's like a little homegrown comic con that's kind of gotten bigger Uh, we also have the big corporate con San Diego Comic Con which I've never been to I have been to New York Comic Con which happens in the fall in New York all that's been virtual and it hasn't really been the same no because part of the con experience is being a nerd shoved into a room with a billion other nerds and it's a little stinky but the cosplay is uh, is pretty cool yes so yeah so we're what i'm leading with all of this is let's talk about books that involve comic cons uh so my first book is a uh, awesome middle grade it's called conquest exclamation point by sam mags um, I am super hype. I've actually met Sam Mags in person. She's super nice. We have a mutual friend. We um, literally ran into each other at New York Comic Con a couple of years ago. And I was like, wait, Sam Mags? And she was like, yeah. And so I was like, oh, I'm friends with so-and-so. And she's like, oh, that's great. Um, so she's like an absolute delight as a person. So I am super hyped that her book was also super good, too. I like it when good people do good things. So yeah, so let me talk about this. Uh, so it is middle grade. I think you could definitely give it to a fifth grader or like a, a higher reading fourth grader because it's pretty it's pretty short too. I think you go all the way up to eighth grader, especially if you have a reluctant reader or a kid that has like a lower reading level. Like this is also a good book for them. And also if you have a nerdy kid, just give this book to them because part of the fun of this book <laughs> is all of the geek stuff. I love it. So it was published in June 2020. So if this one passed you by because of the pandemic, that's why. Um, And I feel like you and I are both still kind of like trying to highlight some books that came out within the past year that maybe didn't get the love that they should have gotten because pandemic and we couldn't do our normal summer reading librarian uh, spiels. So many books were left unbooktalked, honestly. I know. And so this book was, oh, shoot, who's the publisher? It is... Imprint. Yes, which is part of Macmillan. So you were quicker than the draw. So the description is, Kat and Alex are excited to be at the world's most popular comics convention, and they're even more excited to compete in The Quest, a huge scavenger hunt run by their favorite nerdy celebrity. The big prize? A chance to meet them. The twins ditch their older sister, Fee, and set off to find geeky clues, tackle nerdy challenges, and cross as many items as possible off their quest list, while, which includes volunteering at an artist alley booth, gathering cosplayers in enough colors to make a double rainbow, and trying to find something healthy to eat in the convention center. Can the twins work together when they disagree on how to compete? 
Will Fee find Kat and Alex before their parents realize they're missing? Most importantly, can these ultimate fans complete the ultimate quest? It sounds fun. It, the cover looks delightful. Yeah, the cover also has a um, like little homage to the original Star Wars poster. Excuse me for younger mm-hmm. uh, listeners. Uh, Star Wars A New Hope. Because uh, Kat is holding up her cell phone just like Luke is holding up the lightsaber. Um, so and it's full of little geeky homages because like, you, know, you can't use... The- the names of stuff. And so Sam Maggs has created a really great parallels. Uh, so it's super fine. Yeah. And also one of the things I really loved about this book is it has um, dual like perspectives. So each chapter is a different sibling. Um, so like when you start off with it, I think you start with Kat. Hold on. Let me, let me check really quickly. Yeah. You start with Kat. To the books. Yeah. To the books. <laughs> and like each chapter says like who it is. And I love it too, because it's like, and then like a comic book like explosion bang bubble and then the next one will be her twin brother alex and then the next one will be her sister fee each character is like completely different when you get those shifting perspectives it's really fun because you get to experience the comic con through their eyes and for cat it's like the best thing ever right they're at geeky con um and the reason why they're there is because their parents created this like comic book called Ducky McFowl that current turned into an animated show. Like, <laughs> the, the, I know it's so good. And the whole time I'm trying to think like, is it Darkwing Duck? Is it Ducktales? Is it Howard the Duck? Yeah. I'm like, I think it's Darkwing Duck, but I'm not. But Darkwing Duck, I don't think it was a comic book before. And so like, I'm out geeking myself trying to figure out the reference, and it doesn't really matter. But that's how the whole family yeah. goes to GeekyCon. Yeah, so it's super fun. So the twins. <laughs> Like, figure out a way to escape from the panel that their parents are on when her, their sister isn't paying attention. And so they run out the door. And then the chase kind of begins. Because, like, how do you... Like, if you've ever been to a Comic-Con, <laughs> even to a small con, like, we have Kineticon here in the Connecticut. Um, yes. Like, you can easily lose yourself if, like, all of a sudden there's, like, a cosplay meetup or something. And there's, like, a bunch of people dressed like, you know... The Avatar The Last Airbender series people, and you're like, what the heck's going on? Or like My Hero Academia, you know, and you're like, why are there 47 Harley Quens and three Deadpools? That is <laughs> that is a Comic-Con. So they're able to escape, but it's kind of cool because like Kat's super enthusiastic and she's just like so focused on this quest. And the team that usually wins is called Team Danger Maker. Um, and they're trying to beat Danger Maker. Yeah. Yeah, it's really cool too, because one of my friends, like her oldest kid, actually is like one of the characters is, is based on them which is is pretty cool really? yeah i, I wouldn't oh. have like known it and i was like oh wait this is so-and-so so that was really cool <laughs> like it's fun when you see things like that as a nerd but uh yeah and so alex and kat are team double trouble because they're twins which is so cute so she's trying to like do that she's just she's got her whole cosplay get up on like she's she's set and then it switches to alex alex is actually autistic and he's more introverted than Kat. Like, Kat's the one that's like, hey, what's up? Like, just kind of puts herself into conversations and situations where Alex is like, no, we don't have to do that. I'm fine. Yeah. And so you get to see the con through Alex's perspective. In the first chapter, talks about, like, him tripping, almost tripping on himself to, like, avoid touching somebody. And that's, like, the first part of the day. He's like, I hate touching people. I just don't like it. And, like, he talks a little bit about, from his perspective, of just, like, he likes being at GeekCon, but there's, like, a whole sensory overload. And his dad's like, yeah. buddy, do we need to count? He's like, I got it. I can do this. So and it's, it's cool because okay. you get to see him manage his sensory overload situations. And it's not done in a way that's, like, ableist or anything like that. Like, it's just, like, this is how I am. I need to, like, sit and sketch in my sketchbook for, like, five or ten minutes and, and I'll be good. 
and it's really cool too because like his sister gets it and she helps manage stuff for him with that too because i mean that's also siblings siblings either work against each other or with each other right and so they're working against their older sibling (laughs) to do the quest and they're working with each other to do the quest too but of course like it's a sibling book so like there's going to be hurt feelings about something at some point yeah and then so then when you get to the older sister's perspective fee or fiorella is her full name she's just like (laughs) mad that she got dragged here like she's just like she's the only quote unquote normal one in the family like she plays soccer and she wants to hang out with the popular kids who were normal (laughs) and the only reason she like agreed to do this is because if she could keep an eye on the twins her parents were like yes you can go on this school trip which she has said is very chaperoned it is not very chaperoned but like this cute boy's gonna be there so she's just like all right so like wrangling the twins is like my the horrible thing I have to do to get the reward I want, right? So of course, her losing the twins, she's like, "Oh my god, I'm never going to be cool. I'm never, I'm never. I'm this is going so bad. This is so bad. I'm not going to get to go on the camping trip. Like, I'm, I lost the kids. My mom's going to be mad. Like, so she's just like, "Oh my god, where are they?" And so she's just like. Oak. <laughs> so she's trying to find them, and then she ends up running into somebody from school who she doesn't know very well, named Rowan Reyes, and they end up kind of becoming friends through the con. And Rowan's like, "Well, hey, why don't I help you try and find your siblings? Because I've been to GeekyCon a couple times. I can help you navigate it." And like, Fee's been to GeekyCon, but Fee is not like going to GeekyCon, so she's kind of like fish out of water. It's really yeah. fun to um, experience the con through her perspective because after a while, like Rowan kind of like softens her a little bit to the experience and she actually starts having yeah. fun. And so Rowan's like, you know, the best way to probably figure out where they are is they're doing the, the quest and it's on social media. So let's follow their social media. And so she's like, oh, okay. yeah. And so they actually, um, she convinces Fee to start like logging points with them. She's like, I bet if we start, doing the quest with them on their team because yeah. you can have like i think three people on a team or, so, or four and okay. um so she gets feed or like sign up for it so they're constantly chasing it and if you win the quest you get to meet corwin blake and there's also like an art mentorship for his show and corwin blake is like a stand-in for uh misha collins from supernatural because misha collins actually okay. does run a giant scavenger hunt every year oh, very fun Did you know- this is like based on like a real thing, kind of. No. I didn't oh my that. gosh! Yeah, look up Gish Wishes yeah. and Misha Collins. It's amazing. Like there's some stuff. Like my wife has done it before with a group, and like she created like a work of art. Like it was a, she took a work of art and did it with candy. <laughs> the scavenger hunts are like all kinds of off the wall kind of stuff. That's part of the fun of it too. But the quest is not sanctioned. So the quest is like totally like illegal, and like most people don't care. But the villain of the story is james m who's like a geeky con like volunteer and he's taking it way mm-hmm. too seriously and like sam mags probably described him at some point but i saw him as every white man in a black t-shirt with like facial hair that's ever told me i can't be somewhere in a geek space or i'm not like i don't understand something in a comic book shop I just he just became this amalgam of all of these like older like white boy nerds that i've met in my life he's like the simpsons character worse worse he- Oh, no. He's like the guy okay. that's mad at Disney for allowing people to wear fingernail polish. He's that guy. Yes, and having tattoos and having individuality. 
Yeah, like, you know, why are you being so woke? Like, whoever put politics in comics, that's really stupid. Girls, you know, <laughs> what, you're just a you're just a gamer girl. You're not a real gamer. Like, all of that that I've heard. Oh, are you a real fan? Tell me five things about Oh, yeah. He, one oh, thing. I think there's, like, a line where he does that, too. Like, it's just, like, so he's okay. a great villain. So okay. he's trying to catch the twins. And so the twins are like, ah, it's James in. Right. <laughs> so the diversions they get into, like, it's so, so fun. And, like, all the quest stuff is great, too. I'll read a couple of the quest things. And then, like, there's so much more to the story that I'm not even going to spoil. I just want to set it up yeah. so that you want to go have this adventure with Kat and Alex and Fee. I want to read it. I mean, I think it's one of the ones that got overlooked. And I'm like, do I own this? I'm looking up in my library now. I'm like, oh, well, we've owned it quick. Yeah. If you, don't ha- if you don't have it, you should get it. And you also should get Sam Maggs is doing comics and graphic novels, too. And so she just did the new Captain Marvel that came out last year for mm-hmm. – I can't remember which grade it's for. But um, and she also just did an Unstoppable Wasp book too. I know I bought the her Marvel's Fearless and Fantastic Female Superheroes Save the World, which I think is more simple than I thought. I think I might have had, bought it for teen, but it could almost go in kids. Yeah, it's they're scalable. Yeah. yeah, she's she's done some pretty cool non nonfiction books too, which I I have in our collection. Yeah. yeah, so some of the stuff on the quest is some of it's like really simple, like a photo of yourself with the Welcome to GeekyCon banner. Create the ultimate con backpack out of vegetables which cat does yeah. so there's a couple other things like the the one that's like the hardest is like cartwheel down the center aisle in hall m because that's really hard to get into people like will camp out for days trying to get into hall m for an event uh, which is a real thing in san diego comic-con but yeah some things you just have to like interpret for yourself because you get style points like you can believe you can fly was one of them let's see and some of them are like i said are really simple and then some of them are just like what Oh, bring heroes together, have a tea party with Lady Link, Dark Spider, and the Cowl, which are like the off-brand superhero or the not trademark superheroes. Yeah, like the, they can't. Like I'm yeah. just like, okay, so the Cowl is Batman, Dark Spider is probably Black Widow or Spider Man, Lady Links is probably Catwoman. I'm yeah. I'm assuming, but I don't know. But that's just up to your interpretation. Again, that's part of the fun yeah. of the book. Like some of the ones I really loved were like the Vigilante Squad is completely is totally the Avengers, and then there's this like ice skating anime that i loved um a bunch of my kids really love too super gay called yuri on ice and on in her book she writes it as igor exclamation point exclamation point on skates <laughs> oh my god my teens are so upset with that a couple of i know ago, it's so right? good ah but yeah so it's like it's just such a super fun little book i loved it and that's that's part of the fun is like hunting all the conquest stuff and being like yeah this is so fun Oh, real quick, if I have content warnings, it's just sexism and gatekeeping because of James M. Uh, that's pretty much it. But yeah, and like I said, it's super good. I really loved it. You should all read it. It's great. It's amazing. I miss con season, but this made me feel like I was at the con. And Sam Max doesn't shy away from some of the not fun things at cons. Like, it does smell pretty bad sometimes. And your feet do really <laughs> hurt after a while because the concrete's getting you. So, like, when, when Kat's talking about, like, oh, my feet are starting to hurt. This day is starting to, like, run like run down. Yeah, it's hard. It's hard even when you're having fun. It's hard. It is. And like one of the things I love is that the the twins are buddies and you have to have a buddy system in place when you do a con. Cause at one point yeah. like cat's like getting really cranky and like angry and stuff. And like Alex is like, we should eat lunch. And she's like, no, we don't need to eat. We need to do the con. He's like, we're going to take 30 minutes. 
we're going to eat lunch. And it turns out that, yes, you do need to eat because it makes you actually angry, especially in a con. So Yes. Bathroom breaks, food, everything. You have a backup plan. Bring your own in case the Starbucks line is like an hour long. Like I've seen at some of like the book cons or book expos. Like you have to be ready, man. You do. You totally do. And it's, it was, I really felt that. And also like when Alex was having some moments where he was like, I'm not okay with everything. I'm like, I get that too. Cause like I have ADHD and sometimes when I'm on the expo hall floor, I get a little sensory overload and I just like feel myself stop for a second. Okay. Take a deep breath. <laughs> you're, you're okay. Cause part of my problem is that I, I'm one of those people I can hear everything, but then when I'm in a situation mm. like an expo hall or like a con floor where it's like, it's so, it sounds like the ocean because there's so much yeah. noise. Like I'm hearing everything exactly. and nothing at the yeah. same time and I can't process it. And it's like, I'm just like, ah, I don't like it. I feel very uncomfortable. Like Alex, I've learned to like, you know, figure out my sensory issues and, and have a strategy that works. <laughs> yes. So see, we're learning things. It's presented in a fun manner. And I love that it's for middle grade too. Like it's scaled down. Um, Cause I know when I, the couple of times I went to New York Comic Con, like I saw kids, I saw like, you know, strollers, I saw toddlers, I saw like school age kids and like your parent is very cool, but I can't even imagine how it would be as a kid going to a Comic Con, like as an adult handling it, you're still so sensory overwhelming that like, yeah. It's kind of fun. A, fun, a fun way to kind of introduce the great, awesome, fun parts of a con, but also like, hey, there's taking into account all these other things. Oh, too. totally. And also, just FYI, CanaCon, our local con in our state, is actually going to happen in September. Nice. In person? It's going to be in person. You have to have your vaccination card with you to get in the door. That and if sense. you're not able to be vaccinated, you need to have a... Um, like you just need to have like a negative COVID test within the past like, is it like what, 24 or 48 hours? I love it. Also for posterity's sake, I did just look it up. We The library that I work at does own it, but it got put in middle grade, which is why I'm like, wait, I think I recommended it because I, I do most of the, the graphic novel recommending. So I'm like, oh, I want this. I'm like, oh, grades four to six. I'm like middle or teen or I cross by. So my teen graphic novels are actually like middle slash teen plus. If I really just want to read it first, I'm like, going in teen because i have so many kids that like they want that cool edge up i want to go in the teen room i'm like hey here's the here's the new books towards the right of new graphic novels are are you know awesome for you guys towards the left that's a little bit older a lot of times my cataloger will put like 16 plus on it if it really is 16 plus like it often says somewhere in the back i hate it when that happens because like kids are pretty good at self-selecting what's appropriate for them and like i've even had kids tell me Oh yeah, like, I don't really like all of like the the kissing stuff in this book, so I just turned the page. Like it's just because I just I'm just here for like the the fantasy story that of like the swords and the magic. I get it. I totally get it. <laughs> and see, here's the thing: depending on how a book presents itself, and I love this book, the check, the one about hockey. Oh yeah, that's more of like a that's an older teen. It is. It was a high school nutmeg nominee uh, a year or so ago. But the fact that like when I first saw it like, at like a book expo, I was like, oh my God, this looks super young. It looks super cute. Like a super chibi, cute little like blonde boy on the cover. And I sometimes I'll ask a coworker, I'm like, how old do you think could read this? They're like, oh, like an eight-year-old. But then you go into the, and like the language on the inside is like language. So I'm like, duh. I'm like, yeah, it's a side note. Pilot, but uh, the irony of that though is that if you've ever been around middle schoolers, they swear like sailors. Oh, there's so much there's Because they're, they're in that age where they're boundary pushing. So it's not something that's new for them. So I'm just always like, why are we so precious about them? Because they're not precious with themselves. Oh my gosh, we're exposing them to ideas. 
I didn't realize like, oh, you can't check until college. Cause I was like, oh, can't you probably check in high school? I don't know. I don't know. Sports ball. Sports puck, I guess I should yeah, say. Yeah, because it's about hockey. But I saw her and met her in person, so she was super cool. But all that to say, this one, we do own it in my library, so I'll probably be picking it up on Monday because graphic novels are, and audiobooks are getting me through it right now. Of just like, Well, this isn't a graphic novel. It's not? No, she, no this is a book book. It looks like a graphic novel because the cover is amazing. No, oh it's God. not a graphic. That's why I was like, "Are you talking about her Captain Marvel series?" No, this is um, yeah. no, this is this is a book book. She has a rock and cover. Oh my God, I thought this was a yeah. So it's it yeah, but it's not. It's it's like two fifty no two forty six pages. Um, oh. oh yeah. Also, a cool little thing that she does is Sam puts uh, tips for having an iconic con experience in the very back of the page or back of the book. Yay. Just which some of the stuff that we just talked about too, which was pretty cool. Cause it's, it's a, it's a really good handy guide to, if you've never been to a con before, like what to expect mm-hmm. and yeah, make sure, you know, you, you bring water and you do all that kind of stuff and you wear comfortable shoes. But yeah, so no, 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 this is a book book, but it's a pretty quick read. Like, you know, no, it's a book book. It's not a graphic novel. It's a book book. No, that makes me... Not that graphic novels aren't book books either, but that's like... I would say this is more like a textbook versus a visual book. Does that make sense? I don't... I feel like that's not correct either, but like... No, I get it. It has a really... It just had a really good cover where I was like, oh, man. Yeah, it's... Yeah, the cover is great. Like, that's why I'm just like, how are people not picking this up at my library? So, but we also haven't had a ton of kids in either. So, <laughs> pandemic. Like the right kid to hand sell it to or put it in their hand. You're like, oh, I'm just getting the parent. Or I'm getting the grandparent or I'm getting, you know, and there's like the intermediary. Like there's one girl who I've been doing book recommendations for, but through her. And the girl really wants like horror, bloody, scary book, teen books. But the, through the lens of the mom she's like I, I have to present them to her and she always goes for like the least ones so the dot the daughter finally came oh. in and we went to town i gotta give her so many bloody i was like i gave her the little bray one the diviners mm, yeah. yes where yeah i'm like okay there's a ghost a serial killer ghost it starts killing as a ghost after someone calls it with the Ouija board. I'm like, but here's the thing. It's set in the 1920s. So all the language is like, Nazi, Tansi. You know, I'm like, as long as you're cool with the language, she's like, yes. I'm like, you like it? Your sequel. She's like, yes. So I got all these other, a duology in the after where it's kind of like the quiet place where this one girl survives in this solar powered house, but like you have to be quiet and only move at night or the green weird things will devour you like everybody else in the after. But she sees this toddler in like decomposing greens in the grocery store a year into it. And they're like, how did a toddler survive? So that's a fun one. So I got all these bloody fun ones. Oh, Emmy Laburn, I got sweet, which is like a zombie narrative on a cruise ship with like this diet sweetener that all the celebrities get. And this one average girl gets on there. I got to give her all these great, like bloody things. And just talking to a teen directly was so nice. That's awesome. Oh, one other thing. Um, there are always so when you read a Sam Mag's book, there's always some type of like LGBT representation in it. She herself is bi, so she always makes a point of like including that within the book. I just don't want to talk about it because I don't want to spoil anything. Nice. Uh, I won't ask you follow up questions then that I do. Yeah, but it's you. great because she always embeds like LGBTness in pretty much any project. Actually, every project she works on, so it's it's awesome. Like a casual diversity. But it's maybe not the main plot. It's just kind of there. I am good. I'm not going to. You have to read the book. I'm not spoiling things for her. I know. I'm the worst. I'm the worst. I'm going to make you read another book, Marissa. 
Which the thing is, you know, I'm going to read another book because what do I do but read another book? I know. So what's your book? <laughs> so my book is a little bit older. My book I'm excited to talk about. And when you said you wanted to talk about Comic-Cons and I ran through in my head, what are the books that I've read that have dealt with like Comic-Cons? And I have a lot of books that deal with fan fiction or like superheroes, but they might not go to, it's not as con centric. So I chose a book that I read a few years ago. It is Geekerella by Ashley Poston. And this one, I'd say the the place where I buy books from for my library says like grades 10 plus. I'm like, this book is fine for grades seven plus. It's actually quite clean. It was published in April, 2017. And I'll read the book blurb for you. So this is in Quirk wrote it. All right. So this book is Cinderella Goes to the Con and this fandom fueled twist on the classic fairy tale. Part romance, part love letter to nerd culture, and all totally adorbs. Geekerella is a fairy tale for anyone who believes in the magic of fandom. Geek girl Elle Whittemer lives and breathes Starfield, the classic sci-fi series she grew up watching with her late father. So when she sees a cosplay contest for a new Starfield movie reboot, she has to enter. The prize, an invitation to the Excelsicon cosplay ball, and a meet and greet with the actor slated to play Federation Prince Carmendor in the reboot. Ooh. With savings from Oh, I know, right? Ooh. It's very Star Trek referencing, like Star Wars, Star Trek. They're so I love cool. it. Um, with right, you're already in. With savings from her gig at the Magic Pumpkin food truck and her dad's old costume, Elle's determined to win unless her stepsisters get there first. Teen actor Darian Freeman used to live for cons before he was famous. Now they're nothing but autographs and awkward meet and greets. Playing Carmendor is all he's ever wanted, but the Starfield fandom has written him off as just another dumb heartthrob. As Excelsa Khan draws near, Darian feels more and more like a fake until he meets a girl who shows him otherwise. So that gives away a lot of stuff, but I don't know. We'll talk about it. So content warnings, there's not that much, honestly. Uh, I looked up my really sensitive uh, website that I usually check for content warnings, and they say abuse, physical and emotional, but the physical really is a slap. It's one slap by a parental figure. Bullying is mentioned, and sexual harassment at the con of just... I'm not going to write it off, but it's like general guy behavior or in, at a con. And that's why they have all those things saying, you know, cosplay is not consent, you know, ask and things like that. So it's referenced. Um, but overall, again, I feel very comfortable giving it to a grade seven or even a grade six reader plus. So what is this book about? This I'm going to talk about format. Uh, this you never talk about format. A- I know. I was like, oh, I should probably talk about format this time because Mary mentioned it last time. <laughs> so this is a dual point of view. So you get to meet Elle first. She's a 17-year-old. She's unhappy with her social climbing step family. They, I kept thinking of a Cinderella story with Hilary Duff because the mom is so over the top. And it's definitely different than, but just that. And I kept thinking Sharpay from High School Musical just all the way to the extreme was like the step family for the most part. So Eller's our main character. She pins her hopes on winning the cosplay competition because she wants to get out of this unhealthy home situation. She's made to like make the breakfast and do the things. I do love it because there's um, an ignored dog of the neighbors, Franco, who is this tiny little, actually tiny, but like chubby dachshund. So, and there's also a little bit of dag- dog napping later on, but in a fun way. Anyway, so there's like a whole dog character in there. The dog is beautiful and fine. And Elle 
is very alone and sad in the beginning and that she only has Starfield and her blog and her dad and mom were like super known in the fandom for their cosplay. And then the dad and mom actually started the, they started the Excelsior con like years ago because the show was on in the nineties in this made up fandom. Her dad, Robin was like this known character. He was always played the prince. Her mom played Princess Amara, the like evil, good, evil, good character, love interest. She just wants to get out and get to LA because she has aspirations of being a writer, being, you know, writing, and that's kind of her dream. It got stunted a little bit after her dad died because she wrote a lot of fan fiction, which so many teen books right now now are like fan fiction is a huge plot, which I love. So she's obsessed with in the very beginning. She finds out that the reboot. Who are they casting? What's the casting going to be? Like literally her morning is hinging on this important moment. And that's when you meet the other dual perspective, which is Darian, who is part British, part Indian. He is a hunky teen soap actor who has been cast as the lead. And the actual original lead was um, of Indian descent. So people are like, at least he's not a white boy, which yay. But the fandom is super against him because he's from like an OC like soap opera drama. And they're all about his abs. He's always like showing his abs on like the morning show, right? <laughs> like that's but here's so like, I'm sorry. This book came out a couple of years ago. And I'm just like, the person <laughs> who wrote this is probably like a millennial because that's such a CW thing from like, like. Yeah. One Tree Hill and exactly. like um, yeah. all that. But here's the thing: there's Darian, the TV acting person that his like jerk manager dad. He can't even call his dad dad. He has to call him by his like name. It's his manager. Like, so his dad always sets him up for all these things. But the real Darian loves Starfield. He's a super geeky, hidden, closeted fan. But he always has his image to uphold. So he's like this very uncertain person. He has anxiety. Oh, buddy. That's so sweet. But they don't explore. They, they didn't make the mental health aspect a huge. And he has his best friend is actually his, the, his assistant, who is the only assistant that's still left from all the people that his dad has hired and fired over the years. So not healthy and a bit isolating, but he just wants to do, he wants to do justice by Prince Carmendor. Like he wants to do the best that he can do, but like in, and I'm sure this happens on like a good morning America show. Um, he goes on when they announce it and then they have him do a dunk tank and they're like, all right, if you're such a fan, answer these questions or I dunk you. And he gets them all right, except for the last one, which he gets wrong on purpose. And um, Elle is watching and she's like, oh my God, he doesn't even know that like deeper cut that's thing. That's so funny. And he gets dunked and that's when he takes off the shirt and he like shows the abs and one rabid fan comes and like assaults him with a kiss. And he's like, uh, you know, so awkward. So you do feel for him. You do like both the main characters. No, and you do, and a lot of the reviews say like, you don't usually like what the Elle or Darian more. Like you, I feel like it was quite balanced in giving the Prince of Cinderella because this is a Cinderella retelling if I haven't said that already. Geekerella. The prince gets a lot more backstory and depth there other than like, I'm a random guy at a dance. You, you are pretty. You, you, this shoe. Like he gets way more story to him. So it's fun. It's a rom-com, a fairy tale retelling. There's three parts. There's part one, part 2.3. The first part is where uh, you meet Elle and you kind of see her sad life. And it's sad, but it's funny. And there's lots of fandom references. Um, the second part is where she actually opens up a little bit and starts asking for help realizes that friends can be cool because she has trust issues and there's references to like both of them past trust betrayed by friends mm. and that's when she starts and and that's when she starts texting with darian 
unbeknownst, we'll talk about that in a hot second. And the third part is the actual con day. And there's a lot of time spent at the con and then the after of the con. And the con is obviously a representation of the ball, but there is an actual masquerade ball at the con. But there's so there's a lot of time spent there. But I actually reread the book this morning because it had been so long since I'd read it. And I was like, I'll just read the beginning. I'm like, I'll just read another chapter. I'll just read another half. I'll just finish the book because I only have 30 pages left. So like, I ended up rereading it. <laughs> but so I was like, I'm ready to go because it had been so long and I wanted to feel the feels. And it was, I remembered the beats, but it, it was, I did cry at a certain point because there was like a moment talking about con life where everyone came together because a big thing about cons is cosplay cosplay was a huge theme in in this book because her mom and her parents her mom and her dad came together at um, an event where like he gave kind of a pickup line so kind of like a star wars like hey like you know han looking at leia kind of thing like i love you i know like not quite that but kind of and they bonded and they loved it and her mom died when she was too young to remember her dad she loves and also in the cinderella story the dad has never really like more than a cardboard cutout like so the dad is such a huge character more than the mom who is a very vague the dad actually got fleshed out so this is all about fandom about cons cosplay you all about what you love fandom can be there for you even in the darkest of times because you know she had some dark times and this also reminded me of bedazzled by ryan lasala which was all that was a more modern one that was another alternate like choice I could have talked about too, where that one is like Project One Way meets Comic-Con. And that one is all about cosplay and cons. And they actually do a cosplay competition at a con. It's a one day creation where you have to, it's a whole, it's awesome male, male romance. And it's told with flashbacks, but I was like, I love it. But this one I thought was kind of fun, cute rom-com. Jen, you're our former guest uh, and your coworker, I thought would, would like, oh, she'd love this one. I bet she's read it. It's she so loves Geekerella. Yes. She, she was like, and I was going to say, like, it's on my to be red pile. I just haven't got around to it. I, long. I, I do like the idea of Ardarian being a secret nerd because, like, I I love yes. it when secret nerds finally get to like come out and be a a fully like formed nerd, and they don't yes. have to hide it he anymore. Has, like, I, yes. I love that. And that is part of the story. He's a secret one because you have this image to uphold. And then Elle is out and proud in the sense of her geekery and nerddom as she's often ridiculed by her stepsisters. But even that leads also to the romance is that the romance was believable. How can you make the romance start? Because you're like, I got a Cinderella story. If the prince and the, and the girl don't meet in the end of Cinderella, they actually... Because of Darian's anxiety, he's he's like, I used to love going to cons before I was famous, but now I don't do cons. It's it's written, it's known. So in the beginning, this is part of the very beginning part. It, he pretends to be his assistant and he goes to like ExcelsiCon and they say he's going to do a meet and greet there and do all these things. And so he's like, uh, hi, uh, he, he can't, Darian can't do this. Uh, he needs to cancel because he found the original uh, con creator, Robin, who is... Elle's deceased father and she obviously can't have anything nice so she has to use her dad's old phone the stepsisters get brand new iPhones so he just talks to Elle they start texting and texting they don't talk on the phone they only text they start texting back and forth and eventually she's like can't help you sorry Mm -mm." she didn't actually say anything clear because it's a rom-com we can't say anything clearly you know to be like hi my name is such and such and I can't do it like he doesn't actually admit that he's a star so eventually they talk and they kind of fall in love a little bit so it's kind of believable in it. You believe it. If you're a rom-com reader and you want a happy ending, um, you're going to love this one. I'm just going to say there is the big ball moment when the cosplay contest, um, it's, 
it follows the plot of Cinderella to a T. Is there a fiery go- a fairy godmother? Yes. You get it in the form of a green-haired lesbian seamstress named Sage. You're going to love Sage. She's like my favorite character. Um, is there an unconventional mode of transportation? Yes, there is a magic pumpkin, a vegan food truck. I love it. It's right there on the cover. There's even a pair of glass slippers and a cosplay ball. So lots of references to real life fandom, Star Trek, Lord of the Rings. Some people said it was too much referencing and not enough room to breathe for the fandom, the made up fandom of Starfield. But that's opinions. We can do that. <laughs> like you're like, that's opinions. No, it's fine. People, <laughs> I, I enjoyed it. You know what I mean, like that's one thing I feel like in like what you're mentioning with your conquest book is that if you're writing a book about cons or cosplay or some convergence of such, you're probably an awesome geeky nerdy person. And what does an awesome nerdy geeky person want to do, but like reference and hidden joke and do this and do that and mention this, right? Yeah. I was about to say that probably the people that read that, that had that response, don't go to cons and don't understand what the fandoms are like. Yeah. Also, we've gotten into this new age of geekiness, which I, I like to think of it as like, we're more accepting of other people's fandoms. Cosplay does not mean consent. Like, you know, sexual nope. harassment at cons is not good. You ask before you want to hug somebody. You ask before you take a picture of someone's cool cosplay. Because may- they might be having a moment where they just need some downtime. Yeah. So, you know, there's a lot of that. And there's also, which is great, honestly. There's a lot more like, yes, we can meet our, our internet friends in real life high five uh right now we can't do that because of the pandemic but hopefully soon we'll be able to do that and every cosplay that has a mask will now have an extra mask so yeah mask (laughs) yeah so i mean it's just like yeah so i I feel i don't know i was thinking about that when i was reading conquest is like it's just such a love letter to the con experience and to the fandom experience and just like being with a bunch of people you don't know and sharing this ultimate joy of this thing that just kind of makes life a little bit more manageable and better for you. Um, yes. There's, there's a, a line of hope that was throughout Geekerella, which in, and it's because it was about the con was only the last third, but the fandom supporting you and like getting you through tough times of, I'm sure people are like finding fandoms or getting through the pandemic and being like, listen, I had to watch my favorite show one more time because it's getting me through it. And that's where I'm at. And this kind of gets L our Cinderella character through it before she realizes that she needs friends in real life like sage the awesome seamstress who she is has no idea what she's about starfield and she's like oh actually eventually i'll ask for help to alter her dad's cosplay for the cosplay contest sage actually starts watching it she's like cool well we can't sew unless we're watching something so let's watch some episodes so Elle also gets to usher in a new fan and it's not blocking anybody she's actually very excited to like welcome her into this fandom and be like okay we're gonna start with episode three and then episode five and then episode 11 because it's not told in sequential order so it was very like doctor who fun Um, it was just fun and honoring it and there were so many random fandom references at one point say at the con sage is like have fun storming the castle and something as simple as that just made me smile you know what i mean someone who had no idea what it's referencing you're like Oh, okay, that's random. But if you know it and you get it, you're like, oh, it just makes your brain happy in that nice way. There's low-key LGBTQ representation. Like I said, Sage is a lesbian. There is a secondary character that comes out towards the end, very low-key. 
The other thing I will say is that there is some criticism that some of the characters are a little bit stilted. Like I went back and looked at my original Goodreads review and I was like, oh yeah, the mom is a bit stilted. I think now actually the older stepsister, the more evil one, stepsister number one, Chloe, is actually a little more over the top plot device. But you know what? I loved it. I'm like, we need someone so bad to like help move the plot along. And the last thing I'll say is that if you like this or it sounds interesting, the good thing is Ashley Poston has kept writing. She, this is actually book one of a series. There is a book two and a book three where you, it's because it's Once Upon a Con series. And there is book two is the princess and the fangirl, which is like a prince and the pauper take. So you meet the female romantic lead from the movie reboot, Princess Amara. And she is, um, well, I won't say too much about her, but she gets to do it. She's, she meets a lookalike random girl it's, it's not like the Barbie movie, but kind of like, imagine that Barbie movie. Uh, the Prince and the Popper. And then book three is Bookish and the Beast, where you meet a girl named Rosie, who's also a Starfield fan. So you get expanded uh, characters. So you don't have to read them in order, but it's fun to have other old characters pop back in. So book three is a Beauty and the Beast retelling. Some people like that one the best on uh, Goodreads. And some people were also had opinions and were harsh and critical. But this one, <laughs> but everyone gets their opinion. It's fine. So a character you meet in book two, who was the villain in the movie re reboot sequel, is the Beast. And this one girl's mother has passed away, and she had a rare collection of Starfield novels. Ooh. But they had to be sold to, say, to pay hospital bills. Oh. So what happens when you enter this seemingly derelict and an abandoned building, and you see all this fa fancy uh Starfield novels and you take one and by accident, maybe it gets in incidentally destroyed and she has to work off the debt for this movie actor and help organize his library, you know, as you do. And so this, some people like this in the best. So if you like it, there's other books that she's written that also celebrate and she gets to explore the world a little bit, which is kind of fun. So if you like it, you have more books because some people love series and jumping into it and some people like standalone. So I get that. So you could treat this as a standalone book with Cinderella retelling because some people just like fairy tale retellings. And that's me. I'm raising my hand. I always like to see how you're doing it. And this is done in a pretty fresh way. It's happy. It just made me happy. It just made me a happy, fun rom-con read. And I'm not usually a rom-com kind of person, but with the fandom and the celebrations of con, it really, it just made my brain happy. It like just petted my brain. And I was like, yes, thank you. I need a little bit of comfort and a little bit of happy. And it had hope and it was hopeful. And it, the ending is epic. Like the part three, the this to the that to the this had so many great mental images that you, if you're starting it and you're like, okay, all right, you definitely have to read it to the end for like the epic brain scenes it will give you. It makes me happy. Yeah, so so many books have talk about fan fiction and fandoms, but cons, I love it when they go a little deeper into cons. And yours is all about the con. Mine has the last third there, but loves the con line. It is. And like mine also has like a lot of hopefulness to it as well. I just... I don't want to, because like I said, it's Conquest. It's a, it's a book, it's an adventure book at a Comic-Con. I don't want to, I don't want to spoil it for the reader. I want to prime you for it. And then I want you to go have your, your, your Conquest adventure. It sounds like fun. And also I will say, again, I love the cover. Looks like a graphic novel, but fans, it's not. And I realized in the background, uh, the sister is like banging on the door or on the window being like, ah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I, it's one of those things, one of those covers that I just like getting lost looking at because there's so many things to just your eye can like settle on like so many hidden little bits yeah the illustration is by chris danger so overall it just made me happy so i'm glad you picked this topic it was a fun one to talk about is there anything else you want to say i just think that if you have a fandom that's making you happy right now enjoy it dig it 
it's so funny because I had a kid the other day. I was like, wait, can I read fanfic for summer reading minutes? And I was like, I'm not going to get in the way of that. Like you're reading a book. And they're like, oh, I'm just like, just tell yeah. me why this fanfic is great or not great. Cause you know, it's fanfic or like, what would you do yeah. better? What would you, you know, show me what you're going to do. But that's an important thing not to gatekeep on reading is that if someone is excited about something, right? And fiction for writers or for readers can get you excited. Like I, I'm, I don't care for Twilight, but if people, we talked, mentioned this, if someone gets excited about reading from reading fan fiction of Twilight and whatever, do it. That gets them excited about reading versus like, oh no, that can't count. I know one teen years ago was so excited that I, he's like, can I count online manga? I was like, yeah. And it like, if he could have done back handsprings, he would have, because it was just, his energy was so excited. Cause I'm like, no, that can't, and it was not someone that you would have thought was an air quote, typical reader. Cause usually it was someone that didn't present as liking to read like a hidden almost. And mm -hmm. I was like, no, no, like you read it. You enjoyed it. Cause reading doesn't have to be something you don't enjoy. I would prefer it if you did enjoy it, you know? So. Right. So don't, yeah. don't gatekeep on fandoms and don't gatekeep on reading. The more, you know, like Angie Gorella she's welcoming people to the fandom versus being like oh did you even watch season one did you even it's welcome people it's good to have more fans that makes it better versus like can you even hang with me yeah there's so many of the of the books and the the, the fandoms that we have have like a chosen one thing and that chosen one is a 12 year old a 14 year old's sailor scout moon princess whatever it's like yeah you know and as an adult you're like yeah that's just what happens right like yeah it is yeah and i'm just like it's okay so if you're listening to this podcast and you're like hey where can i follow the book jam you can follow us on twitter at the book jam one and you can also follow us on instagram at the book jam one uh give us a follow uh give us a shout out if you're enjoying the show we just changed our format to just two books to hopefully talk less but i don't know if we've actually succeeded in that so yes yeah, so that's where you can find us on the socials and you can also find us on your podcatcher of choice you don't have to listen to us on anchor um yep i think we're on spotify too now yeah where i my one that i use is my uh overcast which is my favorite for all my friendly podcasts i want to listen to including ourselves nice and just a reminder that if you are a publisher of an upcoming book and want us to consider reading your book reach out to us on our various social medias the twitter the instagram at the book jam one the number one as mary just said we would love to read your book and pretty much thanks for listening thanks for listening we'll see you next time on the book jam you just got jammed you just got jammed <laughs>